children are a heritage from children are a heritage from children are a heritage from children are a heritage children are a heritage from the Lord children are a heritage from the Lord Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Abolish Abortion Missouri podcast, where we believe children are a heritage from the Lord, and we are working toward the immediate and total abolition of abortion in Missouri. I'm your host, Brandon. This is episode 11, and I am joined here today via the magic of uh, the interwebs and Zoom by uh, Kevin Myers and Joshua Jenkins again. Guys, thank you so much for being back with us again. Thanks for having us on again. Amen. Yeah, it's good to, you know, uh, we kind of on on the podcast, it seems like we kind of gravitate back and forth between uh, things that are more uh, principled and then things that are more practical. And I've 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 personally really enjoyed that because it helps me remember that there's two sides to this. You know, we've done episodes on um, things like, you know, the boots on the ground aspect of, of abolition regarding uh, going out and actually standing outside Planned Parenthood and fighting for babies' lives there. And then we've talked about, uh, um, you know, the, the real nebulous political stuff and even gotten down to the nitty gritty with with how to um, how to, you know, actually engage with uh, things like our politicians. And, and that's where we kind of are today. And so what I what I'm wanting to talk about today our elections, uh, the election is is rapidly approaching. It's uh, two weeks away. And we oftentimes, one thing that happens, and this happens to abolitionists and pro-life people alike, we get get pigeonholed uh, as if nobody else does what I'm what I'm about to talk about. We get you're just a single issue voter. You're just a single issue voter. Doesn't matter if somebody has good uh, foreign policy or, or good financial policy. If, if they don't have it right on abortion, then, um, you're just a single issue voter. Well, you know, first off, <laughs> there are people who are single issue voters on all kinds of things. Certainly. I, I'm sure that, uh, um, you know, Biden, and I can't even remember his name now, who was the libertarian candidate? Uh, Gary uh, Johnson. Gary Johnson. Thanks. <laughs> I'm sure that, that, all the people who voted for Gary Johnson voted for Gary Johnson just at the possibility of recreational marijuana. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, the, people become single issue voters on all kinds of things. Um, the question is whether or not it's a it's a good reason to be a single issue voter. And certainly when it comes to uh, the issue of abortion and the issue of unborn babies, it is. It's it's as absurd as somebody saying, well, you're just a single issue voter and, and you don't think that, uh, you know, Nazis should murder Jews or whatever. You know, it's those types of uh, silly statements that, that we get pigeonholed into. So what I'd like to do is, is talk about uh, our justification for being um, single issue voters on this issue. But before we do that, as I was talking to you guys before the show, I would really like to back up and maybe ask some important distinct uh, distinguishing questions. That's not clarifying questions. That's maybe the word I was wanting regarding um, what we mean by single issue voting, right? What do we mean by that? Cause we want to have, 
we want to have some really good practical advice for people. They're getting ready to go to uh, the voting booths, bo voting booths, and we want to have practical advice for them as to how to think rightly and biblically about uh, who they should endorse. And so just to start the conversation off, and I really just want to hear from you guys, um, there, there, there is definitely a difference between uh, somebody who's running for office and who uh, is, is all for abortion, all for murdering children, than, than someone who is what we might call pro-life um, in, in a more maybe innocent way. They, they maybe haven't thought through the issue. They, they maybe don't understand the distinctions between abolition and pro-life. Um, maybe they even do understand some of those and, uh, and have a little bit more of an incrementalist approach, but wouldn't, wouldn't be one of those guys who votes down abolition, uh, legislation. There's a, there's a difference between that and voting for somebody, uh, saying we have to vote for somebody who is, uh, a completely perfect principled abolitionist. So, could we maybe shed some light on those distinctions? What do we mean? So when we say single issue voting, the term I've used in the past has been, uh, I'm a single issue voter negatively. I'm not necessarily a single issue voter positively. Um, there are things that I automatically eliminate, like anyone who uh, you know, hates children, obviously. But that doesn't mean that of the remaining pool, um, I have to find the best person on one necess necessarily one single issue. So what do you guys say to those types of things? Yeah. So, I mean, just to kind of get at the point uh, you were starting to make there so often in the political rhetoric of, you know, national conversations and stuff online, it's described as, you know, there's two sides. You're either pro-life or pro-choice, but we know that there are many distinctions uh, within that. More, it's more than just one side versus the other. You have the obvious uh, pro-choice side, so-called, that are pro-murder of children in the womb by abortion. Then you have really the variation comes on the pro-life side. You have those who are of the you know pro-life industrial complex, so to speak, where they are. Um, they are self-consciously not abolitionists and for regulating murder and maintaining it self-consciously. Then you have others who are more um, innocently ignorant, so to speak, you know, as you were describing, who um, they have good intentions, don't have not been confronted with the distinctions or think truly that their goal is to abolish abortion completely, but don't realize uh, the bad methods or so forth, or they think, you know, we can be, you know, uh, uh, take different steps along the way to get there. Um, and then of course you have the abolitionists. And so, you know, depending on a type of situation, like, uh, what, whatever certain kind of race it is, a Senator race or, a, a national presidential race, you're going to be presented with different options. Um, you're not going to have all those options in the same race. And so, yeah, I'm with you, what you got at with the idea of uh, single issue of voting being that of here is, if you're in this position, I cannot vote for you. Um, promoting a, abortion with a pro-choice position, I cannot vote for you no matter what else you have going on. And 
the more you get to know people, then you can even, uh, depending on how well you've interacted with people in the past or know their track record, um, there's even a number of pro-life industrial complex Republicans who they've been given opportunity, they've been confronted with a message and they self-consciously stand against it. Um, even there, personally, I would say, okay, that's, I, I cannot vote for you now after this track record. Right. Whereas other people, um, I wouldn't want to put that uh, weight on somebody to restrict their conscience, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, uh, uh, Kevin, I want you to jump in too, but, you know, um, you know, Joshua, you and I were talking and uh, I won't, I won't name names. I mean, we're going to save that. We're going to reserve some of that for next week, but uh, just uh, this, just this last, last year, uh, there was, there were two senators here in Missouri um, and there was a, a abolition bill on the table. One of those senators had also put forward a, uh, an in incremental bill, but he uh, said that he was willing and, and demonstrated that he was willing to also try to support uh, the abolition bill. Uh, so he's, he's, you know, he's, he's not fighting against abolition uh, even if he's also you know, doing his incremental thing. And then we had another senator who was just uh, completely and utterly opposed to abolition. Uh, that is, you know, you talk about a track record. That's the kind of track record that really makes you um, suspicious of whether or not he really wants to see babies saved. Kevin, what, yeah, do, you think? what do you think? Yeah. Uh, with, in regards to, um, you know, what a single issue voter is, we all would recognize that there are, there is more than one issue that is pressing in our country. There are many um, areas in which um, there has been tyranny or there has been perversion promoted. There has been um, a, uh, an un uh, unwise um, movement in, in various areas. And, but when we look at child sacrifice in our country, it holds such a singular um, grip on the standing of a of a society before God, that it has to take uh, has to take a um, a position of greater weight, because we could say, oh look, we have the right to to uh, to right to bear arms, or we have the the right to to have um, have you know be able to to make money and have have freedom. But if the right to life itself for the least of these for the most vulnerable is denied then what what good is it if we say oh we're doing well for ourselves but not for our neighbors who are we are allowing to be slain right. uh, it reminds me of of um second kings 24 and and verses uh three and four when it talks about the punishment that was coming on israel they had they did many sins there were lots of things that they were doing in contrary to god's law but it says surely at the command of the lord came this upon judah to remove them out of his sight these are the people these are the 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 apple of god's eye and it says he removed them from his eye he removed them from the land into captivity for the sins of manasseh according to all that he had done and he did a lot but then it says, and also for the innocent blood that he shed, for he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. So when we see what God says about innocent blood being shed, and this is innocent blood that is being done under color of law in our nation, and we have shed more blood than Manasseh ever did, then we have to reckon that that is 
of high importance before the God who has blessed and preserved us a nation thus far. His, his uh, justice and his holiness and the commandments that he has given to the government to protect the innocent and punish the evildoer is very stark in regards to child sacrifice. And so that's why we would say this is the, the issue, if we're going to call it an issue, it's an abomination in God's right. eyes. And that yeah. an abomination could also be said to be a bomb in our nation. It is just begging and um, calling for strokes as the fool does. It's like, hit me, hit me. And setting the, setting the detonator ourselves for the destruction that we deserve. Mm -hmm. So we need to repent in that regard. And yes, those other issues are important and weighty, but this one cannot wait. This yeah. needs to be done. Yeah. So, and, I, and that, and that hits definitely. So, you know, if we, if we would want to kind of, uh, we, we, we would want to say, if you are concerned about the murder of babies, then you, you must be uh, a single issue voter, you know, ne negatively uh, you must be. And, um, and then I, I like the things you guys offered about um, how to, you know, it can be a little more difficult on the positive side, but Joshua, I, I like what you said, you know, so many times we have track records to look at. We have, um, some some level of history to say are they, have these people demonstrated that they really are for protecting babies e even if we don't agree with them completely methodologically i could get behind that um and then kevin you started hitting on yeah the second thing that i'd really like to, to touch on which is why does this have to be uh why does this have to be the the single issue so i'd like to come back to that in a sec before we do that i had one other question uh and it was regarding the difference between voting for policies and voting for persons. Uh, so when we vote for people to come into office, I, th I think, and you guys, tell, you know, you give me feedback on this. I, I think we have maybe a little more freedom to uh, be, be a little looser with those who, who agree with us or disagree with us, you know, methodologically, for example, abolition versus incrementalism. Uh, when we vote for policies, we have to be much more careful, though. Would you guys say that that's a good distinction as well? Yeah, I would say that um, when, like, for example, if I was in the Senate or the Congress and I was presented with a pro-life bill that regulated abortion, then I could not I could not vote for that bill because it would be me voting to implement an unjust law. Uh, of unequal protection that is an, an abomination and all these things. Um, but if I'm in a situation, I mean, uh, where I have a professing Christian who's a conservative Republican running for office who says that he, uh, he is uh, pro-life and all these things, and yet he may not be an abolitionist, by voting for that person, if I determine that's what I want to do in that situation, I am not uh, enacting any law at that point in time. I am I am electing a person, and in in a, in a case like that, probably someone who I believe I have the best opportunity as well to be able to win over closer to my side, to be able to minister to who shares a lot of the same worldview and who could be persuaded. 
Um, and so, yeah, I think you can make a distinction between the moment of where I'm actually voting in a law versus a person who is generally uh, against or who is against abortion, but doesn't maybe share all of my understanding of the issue. Definitely. Yeah. Kevin, would you, would you say that that's a pretty fair way to, to, to kind of distinguish those two things? I can see the difference. Um, one is a law that has, well, the, the, the writing is very clear of what it's going to do. The, a, a candidate is saying, this is where I'm standing. And once they're in the office and before they're in office, the voters have input to be able to seek to connect with them and call them to consider their ways and, and seek to educate them and encourage them and exhort them to do what is just and showing them this is your role as a legislator or as a governor or whatever role they, they are taking on. And so it's not when you're voting for a person that's different from voting for an actual bill, a piece of legislation, because they are because they can actually be persuaded as the Lord uh, turns their heart, as he gives uh, understanding, as they hear the truth, then that can be brought in. Um, but we want to we want to make sure that we are that we are seeking to um, to put in those who fear God, who hate covetousness and who are are. Uh, of truth that those who have that worldview as they are ones that we want to be engaging um, in, you know, in the days ahead, if someone gets in, who is, who is a wicked unjust judge, then we, we need to be engaging them as well and, mm -hmm. and trusting the Lord to, uh, to turn their hearts as he wills and to, to call them to do justice. So, um, but you would, you want to, it, it would be, you would think it would be easier if someone is is has the same basic worldview, a biblical worldview. Um, the thing is that so often they can be uh, they have a loyalty based on who has given to their campaign, uh, who has who is their uh, who they're going for their truth about abortion. If they're going if they're if they're just being fed by whether they're a puppy or a puppet of a of a pro-life organization. Um, that can have an effect on whether they're going to listen um, very well or not. And so it, it's, it's wise to consider. And if there is someone, this is, uh, you know, for the future, if, if there is no abolitionist uh, running, if there's no one who is willing to listen to abolitionists, if the, if the uh, legislator or such is dead against abolition, then they will vote the same way as, as a, as a pro-abort yeah. on, on bills of abolition, they yeah. will kill. Them. And so, so in those cases, then say somebody should try to run in that district against them to show Absolutely. them that this is not righteous. And then, and then, then give the people actually someone who is calling for justice and equal protection, um, give them that option because we need, we need those who understand justice and are willing to be courageous in that. So I'm here in, in my head, two, two objections that I've just popped into my head as I was listening to you guys that uh, I've heard in my own life. Uh, 
and one of them is easier maybe than the other, but one, one is, let's say that the absolute, that there's this candidate and everything just seems to have everything right, except that he's, he's either really sloppy, uh, but he, you know, let's give me the, you know, come a little further that way, really sloppy on his thinking about uh, abortion. You know, maybe he says he's pro-life, but he has, he has maybe uh, said that he's opposed to abolition, but man, when it comes to every other issue, he's like going to usher in the utopia that we've all dreamed of in America or whatever. Uh, we still say no, right? We still say no, because that's really what we mean when we, we, we talk about this being a single issue. Uh, if he's going to advocate for the murder of children, then uh, no amount of, of fiscal policy can save our nation from that. What good is it to have a fat billfold if it's dripping with blood? Yeah, and we we cannot we cannot join with those who are who are destroying uh, image bearers of, of our king, and and we cannot give them uh, the blessing of saying, "Oh yes, you know, it it really doesn't matter about the other thing." Uh, that is, you know, what what. God commands for magistrates to do is to is to execute judgment and righteousness and to deliver the spoiled from the hand of the oppressor and to do no wrong, to do no violence to the stranger, the fatherless, nor the widow, neither shed innocent blood. That's Jeremiah 22, 3. But in this place, in, in our in our situation, innocent blood is being shed and violence is being done to the most vulnerable. And I would I would hazard one reason why people are not advocating the leaders are not advocating and engaging and uncompromised in their calling for the criminalization of murder for abortion to be abolished is because they haven't been called to do that mm. because people not that god has not commanded them to do that but that the people under them have not called for it pastors haven't called for it um the, uh, the, the citizens that are in their district haven't called for it. They've been called over and over to, to sign this bill because it might save some babies, to do this bill because it would make it a little bit harder. It, all This bill, because this is what Missourians for Life say to do. There's, there's just a lot of, of being called to this and this and this, but not do this because it is just. Do this because it is, it's telling the truth about abortion and calling for abortion to be treated like what it is. And so I think that that's a real a big reason why people who say they are champions for the preborn aren't have not done it yet is because they haven't they haven't been made aware that that the way they're doing it is compromised and collaborating with the murder that they are that they're taking part in that they haven't been they have not heard that from from the church, from the people whom they represent. And so the more that Christians are calling for it and saying, we will, we do, we are wanting to support you in doing right, but we are, do not want to support you while you're doing wrong. The more they hear that, the more, even those who care more about their jobs than children will listen to it and will say, Wait a second. There are these are a lot of people in my in my district, and if I don't do it, they just might replace me. And so there are people who even who who don't have the heart. Even someone who is 
um, possibly pro-abortion who's in office, if they hear from enough of the people under them and are told the truth without compromise, they may even as an unjust judge say, I don't care about for God, I don't fear man, but lest they wear me out or vote me out, <laughs> I, I will do judgment in this because I am, because I'm just getting fed up with this. It, that, that is a possibility. And I'm not sure if I deviated from what you're asking. No, Sorry. that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. If I could go back to that, uh, amen to all that, uh, Kevin, but if I could go back to that example or that objection that Brandon gave, you have a guy who is bad on abortion, but everything else is perfect. I would say two things. One, that person does not exist because <laughs> if you're bad on, no. on this issue, that is so fundamental to human life and, and, all common sense, then there is no way you can have the understanding and the, and the wisdom in or be trusted with any other issue if you are uh, for allowing children to be murdered. Uh, so it's it is it's so far and out there as an obvious um, awful thing that there's no way someone could be right in every other way. Okay. Secondly. That's true. If this hypothetical person <laughs> were to exist, I, you know, it, I, Kevin sort of hinted at it, uh, but just to say it uh, more clearly or to add add more to it, I would say in a situation like that, if you say, all right, everything else is great about this guy. So I'll just, you know, hold my nose on this issue. What you are doing is trading good fiscal policy. You're trading good domestic and good foreign policy and uh, this, that, and the other for the lives of children. Mm -hmm. You are literally sacrificing children to have flourishing in these other areas. And that is the definition of Satanism. That is Satan. It's what the Satanists do. They sacrifice their children for life. That's Moloch worship. And so we cannot participate in that and uh, think that that is a justifiable reason uh, to think it's okay to allow for for the support of this. That's really, really good. Really Amen. good. So, so then uh, the, the second question is uh, maybe it's a little more complicated. Maybe it's not. Um, but I've heard people say, well, I, I didn't care so much about this guy's stance on abortion because the, the office that I'm voting him into has very little to do or very little impact on uh, abortion. And, you know, I have, I'm not sure what those offices are. I mean, if you're talking about something like a county treasurer, then maybe, but um, you know, most offices have some level of lesser magistrate. Um, most offices that we vote on have some level of lesser magistrate power, but uh, so, you know, help me out. Are there offices where maybe this issue wouldn't be as applicable and we can even maybe distinguish here between as applicable because they wouldn't have much to do with it or like some of the things you guys were getting at as applicable because this reflects a really bad character, you know? And I think both of those things have to be brought in when we're thinking about, yeah, even your county treasurer. Yeah, I, I, I could not think of, just off the top of my head, I can't, I can't, I can't think of an office that wouldn't uh, potentially uh, uh, touch this issue because of the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. 
and the ability to step in and defend against higher injustices, even if that person, whatever position it may be, doesn't have power to vote or make decrees, they still have the obligation to protect those under them. Um, so off the top of my head, I couldn't think of something that could potentially touch the issue. Yeah. Right. You know that when Moses was, was uh, telling the people to, to choose out um, people who were able, who hated covetousness, who feared God, who were wise, he, he was getting, uh, he was getting judges and officers of, of thousands and of hundreds and of tens, you know, local all the way up to, to a larger group of people that they're responsible for. And he didn't say, and it's not as important <laughs> for them to be fiscally responsible. You know, it's, it doesn't matter as much about whether they hate covetousness if they're not the treasurer. The treasurer's got to be and be above reproach in this area, but it's all right if the sheriff is, <laughs> right. is you know, is a thief, you know, it's like, what, what? No, um, where you stand in this issue is going to really have an impact. If you will not, if you will not stand up for the weakest among us, for the most vulnerable, how can I trust you to take care of me? Yeah. How can I trust you to stand up for those who, who actually can speak for themselves? That's really good. So, um, if you're going to be a coward in that area or a bully, because that's the two issues. You're either a bully because you you are wanting to do that to happen to them, or you're a coward so that you're not willing to stand up for them. That is, those are not really things that qualify you for any area in leadership. Um, and so, and the thing is, we have to understand when people get into politics, they often do not just stay in one position. Yeah, they they begin to climb the ladder. That's really, really good insight. And not, and if they don't, if they are serving, then they actually have input into other offices. They get into the into the family, as it were, the into the the team, and so then they have the way to speak to the clerk, then talks to the councilman, who talk to the legislator. You know, there. So you have this whole thing that is connected. And if you have people in there that are unscrupulous as to whether or not children's blood can be shed, then you are contributing to a society that is at peace with child sacrifice. That's yeah. That's really, really good. Really good insights. Uh, and yeah, I appreciate that. Cause I, you know, again, those, those, uh, I didn't have those planned out, but they popped in my head as we were, as, cause I was just hearing people talk to talk back to me as I've, I've as I've had these conversations in my life. So I, I think we've, I think we have, um, done a good job. You've heard it here, folks. Uh, you know, you need to be a single issue voter. I think we have, have ironed that piece out of it. I, and in the process, we certainly have implied reasons why uh, we should be a single issue voter, right? So we've, we've defined kind of what we mean by that. It doesn't matter whether you're, you're voting for your county treasurer or you're voting for the president of the United States. Uh, I think we've laid out good reasons why, um, what we mean when we say single issue is a valid way to approach this. Um, anything else you guys would add on the, the foundation for, for why this issue is so important? I mean, in, in one sense, every time that we speak about or talk about abolition and the principled nature of abolition, we're laying that out, why this issue is so huge. But if there's any, I just want to give you guys a chance and then, kind of move to this final question, but if there's anything else you'd want to add regarding why this issue, we can't let go of this issue 
at any level. Lots of good stuff being said so far, but anything else? Yeah, so um, again, above all other political issues, we're dealing with human life and uh, humans made in the image of God, men and women, little children. And when you look at the Bible and how it talks about and how we see the patterns of justice and the laws of justice at different times in the scripture played out, you see that when it comes to the taking of human life, God says to Noah, we see in the laws of Moses and other places, it's blood for blood. You take a life, that is the punishment then that you are putting yourself under. Whereas other crimes of theft or cheating or you know, accidental crimes or different things, it's restitution in, in other areas. Uh, it, it, it's not the, the severity of the punishment clearly increases with the crime all the way up to the ultimate punishment with death for the taking of, a, of an innocent life. And so we see how fundamental and important that is above all the others with the severity of the laws and how they are at the severity of the, uh, the punishments for breaking those laws. That's really good. And I don't know what your last uh, question is, is to be, but we want to make sure that we are, that as we're, as we're seeking those, as, as it says, you know, in Jeremiah five, run ye to and fro and, and seek, if you will, and find anyone who is, who's, you know, will execute judgment, who will see, speak the truth. That is what we should be looking for, who we should be um, looking for. And, and as we're doing that, that we should be edu- seeking to educate them. There's, yeah, the- that's right there. That's exactly where we're headed next. So yeah, that's, that's really good. Uh, just wanted, yeah, wanted to interrupt you to tell you to keep going. Cause yeah, the final thing is, is, is why, um, this steps a little side of the the specific topic, but we need to we need to talk about it like you already you guys both already have. Why it's not enough simply to go to the ballot box and then and then and then be done. So yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> now we come to the point of let's say the election happens, and the uh, and officers are are chosen. Then we we have, uh, let's say the person that was against abortion got in perhaps they're perhaps they are um pro-life um or perhaps they are an abolitionist um if you if the if it's the one that 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 the pro-life movement is trying to get in then they will celebrate you know that that passage into the place of power but what is the christian going to do with that uh, are, is first of all, is this something to actually celebrate if there are people who are just going to kill abolition and are going to perpetuate making bills that are that are iniquitous? Yeah. Um, that that's not something to that that I would rejoice over because God says that true love rejoiceth not in iniquity but rejoiceth in the truth, and so um, so that's one point to think about. But then so many people, if their person gets in then they say, okay, good, we made it. And then they don't do anything else um, with that person. They're not constantly, you know, just say, okay, regulate, I'm going to send them a note, tell them I'm praying for them. And that, hey, this is, there's a bill of abolition. 
in Missouri, and we we need you to co-author it. You need to do this because this is your role. This is what God has put you in such a time as this, and, and be encouraging them to do that and give them scripture and say, this is what God has designed for magistrates to do, to deliver the, the weak in um, Psalm 82, to deliver, you know, to do what is right in De- Deuteronomy 16, 19, saying you don't rest judgment, don't pull, don't keep protection from those who need it don't respect persons don't receive bribes those things are not your job your job is to do justly your job is to establish equal protection your job is on, and give them those things and say this is what you want to do this is what god has has given to um, to the magistrates and so encourage and ex- and exhort them and educate them to to do this, whether it's on email or whether it's calling the office, whether to go in and visiting them, um, maybe they're in, if they're in your district and they actually live there, that's the idea, and then try to have have a time of meeting with them and 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 engage with them whenever you can, so that as the time goes on, your your voice is calling for justice and pleading for truth, then that is a is a motivator for them. To keep going because if they never hear from the one who's calling them for justice and for truth who are they going to hear from yeah they're going to hear from the lobbyists who are saying don't do that pro-life organizations don't want that pete your people don't want that they're not asking for it are they they're just calling you and telling you to vote for these pro-life bills or they're or they'll hear from the pro-aborts and all the hate from them because they're standing a little bit against this or even standing, you know, really pretty relatively strongly, but they're not hearing the encouraging, the support from people who are calling them to do what's right. And so if we, that's a, a danger of the person, the conservative person that they say, Hey, he's going to do something against abortion. But then it's so easy for Christians to slack off and say, okay, whew, and now we can just skate free and not, not actually push them to do what they have been put in there to do. Um, And the other side is if the person who is supposedly, who is more for abortion gets in, then people just uh, gets, you know, they slouch down and they said, this is so sad. And then we're just going to shrug our shoulders and try again in two years or four years or whenever their next time to come is. And so then they just get discouraged and they don't do anything when what we should be doing is calling on the unjust judge to do what is right. Be like an unwearied widow and keep doing it and keep doing it. And the thing is, if someone who is a, a wicked leader is in, then what we should be doing is bringing more and more the demand for justice and truth so that when God removes that wicked ruler, if that ruler doesn't change, if, when God changes them and another person comes in who is professing to be against abortion, then you have the buildup of the pressure to do what is right. The wicked one wouldn't. Will you do right? It's really good. And you have that, you have that momentum. You have more people calling for it because more people are talking about it and brought, bringing it up into the conversation instead of saying, well, we're not going to talk about it until we actually have someone that we might have a hope of changing their mind. Yeah. Yeah. So it's either hooray. Now let's put down the, the weapons of our warfare. Let's put down and, and say, let's just rest on our lees instead of, okay, now go forward, praise the Lord and, and keep pushing glory to God and go on in the battle. And then on the other side, hey, we, we've had a, a setback. Now we're just going to have to set back and, and wait for easier times. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's really good. And I would just say, too, um, 
to the question of why is voting not enough? Why is that not the only thing? And, uh, you know, I'm not saying this about any particular election, but it's possible that in some cases our voting doesn't even really matter <laughs> because election fraud is a historical reality um, throughout history ever since voting has happened. And so, and I would say too, historically, uh, voting is a relatively new thing in terms of history. And we don't even see the New Testament or uh, government that God's people were under in scripture having voting capabilities. You see them with the um, requirement of discipleship and witnessing to and teaching and instructing their leaders and authorities. And so that's always there, whether voting is there or not, or whether voting is effective or genuine or not, we still have the uh, calling and ability to speak to our, our, our leaders and basically to summarize in a word, kind of what the things Kevin was talking about there is to hold them accountable. You get them in a position, voting's not enough because they get put in a position, okay, then now what? They have to be kept accountable to the things that they said they were going to do or to what, more importantly, God requires them to do. That's really good. I, uh, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say that, uh, that it, that is exactly right that we want to um, bring the fact that they are answerable to their, to the people they represent and even more so to the God who has given them this position so that we can say, yeah, uh, there is a, there is very, uh, that election fraud is a thing, but that God is the one who, who, right. who behind everything and above all is the one as Nebuchadnezzar said that he is the one who, who, no one can stay his hand. He is the one whose dominion is everlasting. He's the one who raiseth up people. He's the one who, who is able to abase those that walk in pride. And so when whatever the election results are, we are to, we are to be saying, all right, Lord, now do your will in this and use us that we would be obedient to you in this day and call on our leaders to be obedient to God in their time of being in, in that position. That's really, really good. I, I had written down, um, you know, if, if, if we are to be single issue voters, when it comes, at least negatively, when it comes to the issue of abortion, then when, when we get somebody, when we, you know, win and somebody, you know, comes in, uh, to, uh, they, they, uh, arrive and, um, they're voted in or whatever we, uh, we need to talk. We need to tell them the reason why you you won. At least my vote was this single issue. This this was this was a huge contributing factor. And if if that wasn't why, then we can threaten them and say uh, the reason why you didn't have and won't have my vote next time. And the reason why I'm going to make sure that I can do that I do everything possible to to either change your mind or change change the person who's sitting in your seat is because I am a single issue voter on this issue. And uh, I think that that can be very um, clarifying and, and scary to, 
our, our leaders. And we really need to, we really do, you know, this is, this podcast is in part dedicated to helping people remember that we have a representative government and that uh, we really do need to take advantage of that. And we, we can change people's minds or we can change people's seats. We can do one or the other, and we really need to uh, embrace that. So I definitely appreciate you guys uh, taking time and coming and talking about this particular issue. Uh, I, I want, I think this has been very, it's been very educational for me and just in how I think about these things. You guys have said some very, very good things. Um, and I hope that that's been helpful for our listeners as well. Uh, anything else? Uh, we're kind of pushing time here a little bit, but anything else you'd want to say before, before we uh, sign off? Well, I would I would just echo what you had what you had just said with a uh, with the understanding it's based on on some person who held office in history in American history that that if the people um, if the if the people in power are lazy and corrupt and violent it is because the people of the society tolerate laziness corruption and violence. So as, as people, we recognize that God has allowed us to have this form of government. Not every nation has. This actually makes us more culpable for what our leaders do. Yeah. And Absolutely. so it is, we have less excuse than the people of Judah. We have less excuse than the people of Nazi Germany because of the freedoms that have been recognized in our culture. And so we have the higher the even higher culpability of what will we do with this that God has given to us during this time. And, and then we need, so we need to be the ones who are going there, who are contacting them and who are going to our society at large so that they hear from more people. We go to our Christian community. So they hear from more Christians that abortion is murder and it must be abolished. Absolutely. No, it's all really good. I don't think I have anything to add on to, to any of that. Just amen and amen to it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for being here again. It was, uh, like I said, very instructive, even to me all, always is. I always enjoy being able to talk about these issues with you guys. It's been a, a major blessing to me, even just in the short period of time we've been doing this, this little podcast. So, well, um, this has been the abolish abortion missouri podcast where we believe children are a heritage from the lord and we are working toward the immediate and total abolition of abortion in missouri we are fighting hard for that and it's in a time a season when the election happens and then we move into the session it is approaching where we could once again put forward an abolition bill and we're seeking support for that and we're, we're asking for your help and your support in that as well we hope you will will do so if you have not liked and subscribed to this podcast we encourage you to do so but even more we just ask you to share share this podcast with others so that um the the teaching and the the encouragement and the equipping that we're trying to accomplish here would be spread to others uh, and then of course we also always ask that you would go to uh, abolishabortionmo.org 
and uh, sign up for our newsletter if you haven't, because that is where we communicate a large portion of what it is that we're doing and what it is that we need help in uh, with from you, our listeners, to do. And so if you haven't done that, we really encourage you to go do that as well. And once again, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, abortion must be abolished. Thank you.